From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind, and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Virada Salim. As governments around the world are striving to digitalize their countries and economies for the sake of better and sustainable future, topics related to digital natives, who are the future citizens and main workforce, emerge. Before diving into the concept of digital natives, we have to familiarize ourselves with the existing generational cohorts. You must have occasionally heard people of certain ages referring to themselves as Gen X, Gen Y, or Gen Z, and wondered what those terms mean and why they are necessary. Each of the terms refers to people who were born within a specific period of time, in which its political, social, and technological environments are believed to influence them with certain sets of attitude and motivations. Members in each generation are also associated with different historical events. As the precise years when members of each of these generations were born are not definitive, Alok the Science would present to you approximate periods of time instead. Gen X, or people who were born from around 1965 to 1980, is associated with the end of Cold War, a series of recessions, and the AIDS epidemic. Gen Y refers to those born approximately between 1981 and 1996. This generation witnessed the birth and development of the internet and technologies such as World Wide Web or social media. Whereas Gen Z was born from 1997 to 2012 and has barely spent their daily lives without digital devices. In other words. Technologies play an integral role in everyday experience of Gen Y and Gen Z, ranging from studying, working, playing to socializing and shopping. Thus, they are also known as digital natives. Coming last in existing generational cohorts is Gen Alpha, or children who were or would be born between 2010 and 2024. Today, Unlock the Science would focus on Gen Y and Z as they are currently considered as digital natives. In 2001, Mark Pensky, a globally prominent thought leader, visionary, and dedicated advocate for young people, invented the term "digital natives" to identify the generation that grows up with technology. According to Oxford and Cambridge dictionaries, a digital native is an individual who is technology savvy, as his or her upbringing is closely attached to it. In 2013, a measurement of digital natives in 180 countries, conducted by International Telecommunication Union or ITU, an agency under United Nations that specializes in information and communication technologies. Revealed that high or upper middle income countries tend to have higher proportion of digital natives due to their high level of household internet penetration and internet use nationwide. Defining digital natives as those aged 15 to 24 with at least five years of experience with the internet, 
The ITU measured the number of digital natives in a nation by carrying out calculations based on internet penetration among young people and the number of young people. Iceland came first in the list, followed by New Zealand, Republic of Korea, and Malaysia. Malaysia was the only country in Southeast Asia ranked in the top, although internet penetration in households was not high in the country. Analysis showed that its proportion of young people with at least five years of experience in using the internet exceeded those in other countries as they gained access in other locations, such as schools. This was owing to the country's long-term investment in education, as well as educational information and communication technologies. As the term becomes popular, so would the myths related to digital natives. Nielsen Norman Group, a globally prominent user experience research and consulting company that is based in the United States, specified three common myths about digital natives in an article on its website and cited several findings which disproved such myths. First comes the misbelief that digital natives have inferior social skills, prefer digital interaction, and avoid face-to-face conversation. The consulting firm quoted a finding by Peer Research Center, which is an American private think tank, that young people complemented their real-world interaction with the digital one rather than completely replacing it in fear of face-to-face communication. Excellence in multitasking is another myth about digital natives. Nielsen Norman Group wrote that although they are indeed more likely to do different tasks simultaneously, they are not better at multitasking compared to older people. Furthermore, the firm cited some studies which suggested several negative effects of regular heavy multitasking on young people, such as difficulty focusing on one particular task or higher stress level. Therefore, we should recognize the difference between choosing to multitask and multitask capability. Lastly, many tend to believe that digital natives are naturally skilled at using or fixing computers and other digital products. A finding by Peer Research Center referenced on Nielsen Norman Group website pointed out that while young people performed better than older adults when it came to common usage of internet, such as wikis, advanced search, and hashtags, they were no better informed than older adults about underlying structure of the web, main technology leaders, or other important concepts. To help us better understand the generation of digital natives, Alok the Science reporter Hao Wang Mang talks to Dr. Non Akara Prasagun from Digital Economy Promotion Agency in Bangkok. Dr. Non got his doctorate degree in, an- in anthropology from Harvard University and currently works as smart city and metaverse expert at this government agency. Dr. Nguyen, is there any difference between millennials and Gen Z that you have noticed regarding their digital behaviors or technology adaptability? Well, it is a great, great question. I think one of the issues that we are dealing with today has to do with how people have different literacy towards the kind of digital uh, 
abilities today and the differences i can see between the millennials and the gen z i think is the level of of comfortabilities when they are using digital devices and and accessing information using digital means uh the millennials um, i myself included i was born in the 80s um i don't have the same comfortability uh, compared to the gen z who when ever since they were born when they were learning how to use uh computers there might be getting access to computers uh, firstly through their smartphones for us for me for instance i didn't get to use smartphone until i was in my late 20s right the differences here is that i don't feel as though digital devices are so native to me i still feel like there are distances between myself and the devices and that i don't have to use devices all the time because in addition to smartphone and web browsing on the smartphones i can get access to information using newspaper uh, reading books uh, talking to people and so on and so forth but for people who are considered to be gen z because they were born in an era whereby smartphones are ubiquitous and technology is easy to get access to i find that their behavior is dictated by their level of comfort comfortabilities towards owning devices getting access to information through devices and connecting with out with each other and beyond through devices so i think that would be the main differences the level of comfortabilities engaging with the devices and technology that leads eventually to how they behave socially how we're having a high proportion of population who are digital natives benefits a country and is there any shortcoming to this another great questions i think the main benefits would be from the ability to learn faster more engagingly and of course more exponentially the access to the information the vast amount of information on the internet it's is massive and and it's never it's unprecedented in the history of knowledge so with the digital natives their ability to get access to data at any time they want anywhere they want in whatever ways they want will make them the fastest learner in the history of humankind which is a benefit right they don't have to wait until their college years anymore to learn about what they wanted to do for their for living they don't have to wait even until high school if they already know what they are interested in when they were even younger than that that ability to get access to high quality education faster more efficiently and more robustly i think it's a main benefits of the uh, so uh, well worse with the digital nativity on the other hand you're right there are so many shortcomings and many research shows that a uh, lot of people who are well versed in the digital nativities uh, tend to uh, lack some interpersonal skills because the real world interpersonal skills that people need in order to engage with one another is very different from the one that you get uh, or you need to have when you engage with people online the behavior is different the level of sensorial uh, interactions also very different so uh, one of the things that we should be able to refocus uh, when we want to refocus is how to bring uh, the sense of nativity to be interoperable with the sense of interpersonal connectivities uh, within the people in the real world because at the end of the day i believe that we are living in the real world and i think the interconnectedness uh, of work also plays a role uh, because when uh, people think of works today 
they tend to think of content creations. They tend to think of the kind of work that they can be anywhere and sending their works through, through the internet. Um, there are some works today that still require people to be in the office. There are still some works that have level of confidentiality in the works that makes people want it to be in, in, uh, within one room and talking to each other rather than working online. So I think the other shortcomings would be the ability to see uh, the needs for eventual uh, practical participations among workers and human beings within the uh, frameworks of collaboration. How will growing up with technology affect the generational gap between young people, their parents and grandparents? Well, I find the gap is closing. Actually, I never been so close to, to my family members who are older than I am. And that has to do with the fact that they are using digital devices. I have friends and family members uh, across Thailand, and some of them are not even in Thailand, but I'm able to connect with them because they are willing to learn. And we have to thank the market mechanism that allows and enables our products to be much cheaper and much more user-oriented in terms of their uh, user interface. So even my mother, who is uh, turning 70, uh, is able to use uh, her devices in such a way that helps her to learn what happened in the world today through different channels that she didn't have when she was uh, adults working, and also the kinds of interconnectivity that she never had before. So I think rather than thinking that the, the different types of, uh, of access makes people grow wider and apart from one another, I actually find them to be bringing people uh, more and more closer, even though the physicality is still a problem because we can't be together all the time. And maybe we don't want to be together all the time. And COVID-19 tends to make things a little bit more difficult. But on the other hand, I think it's a good sign that human beings together as species are working really hard to find a way to re-engage and to refocus on relationships and, of course, to continue to collaborate as well. Do you think calling young people today digital natives might deepen the discrimination and gap between those who have access to technology and those who do not? Definitely. I have two answers to that. Well, first of all, from an anthropological perspective, anthropologists are people who study so-called the natives because anthropologists go around the world to find a place where people who live there are mostly interconnected group of small community and we usually call them natives because they're native to their land right but on the other hand uh, they are not uh, naive of what's going on in the world we can't assume that just because somebody's native to their land uh, would be ignorant of what's going on around the world in fact a lot of people who are, are attached to their land also get news about the world and they are also well worse with the, whatever, whatever is going on around them so i think calling anyone natives um, have a little bit of that uh, backlash against the ideas of assuming that someone is something because he or she happened to be born or happened to be attached to a certain place or certain entity. So I think a better way of calling these people would be just friends and colleagues and <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call them, right? Because at the end of the day, digital is not an identity. Digital is just a tool to help people connect. You, you, know, you want to connect with your, with your uh, older siblings. You want to connect with your grandparents. You want to connect with your cousins. You want to connect with your uh, two years old daughter. You can actually do that today with digital uh, economy and society technology as a tool rather than as a marker or identity of who you are. Uh, if you don't want to use them, 
if you prefer not to use digital as a tool today, you can still connect with them because we are all native to social interactions. Not all of us are native to digital, but social interaction here uh, is the important uh, components of, of human uh, progress. We only need digital as a tool and not as the entire benchmark of who you are and who you should become. Will Generation Alpha or those who were born from early to middle 2010s be considered digital natives as well? And have there been any attempts to study the behaviors of this generation in the online world? Mm. Yeah, we have to give them a new name, I think, if you, even, even you want to stick with digital native as uh, somebody born within an era of, of uh, between the end of last century and this century, uh, because if they happen to be born in 2010s, uh, they are growing up today. And digital isn't the only thing that we have in the world today. We also have upcoming quantum computing. We might have to call them quantum native. I don't know. Uh, we also have the metaverse uh, generations, those who are living almost full time within the virtual world. I don't think they're digital native. I think they're metaverse native, right? I think there are different names that you wanted to give to them. Uh, we don't know yet because we haven't reached the point where there is a clear sign of turning point from the digital economy as such, as we know it, to the uh, XXX economy as such that we don't know yet. And that's not a clear, uh, not, uh, there's no clear turning point yet, but I mentioned a couple, right? The metaverse is one of them, and, and maybe it's a quantum uh, computing that could define a new era whereby these guys will be growing. So if the, if, if the quantum dreams come true and be able to leave the benefits of quantum computing and not the negative effects of it, um, we're, gonna be, we're gonna be calling these people uh, Pro, uh, the exponential growth native because they're going to be living in an era where everything grows so quickly so efficiently and with a lot of meaningful results. That is Unlock the Science reporter Ha Wang Mang talking to Dr. Non Akara Prasagun of Digital Economy Promotion Agency. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. As digital technology plays an increasing important role in almost every sector of our livelihood, Thailand, just like other nations, is making efforts to realize its vision of a digital future by adopting several economic and social policies. In recognizing the importance of understanding the new generation of workforce and citizens in the upcoming digital future, a study on Thai digital natives was conducted by a team of researchers from five different educational institutions in Thailand, including Chulalongkorn University, from April 2019 to June 2020. The study involved a total of 960 individuals comprising 910 digital natives and 50 related people in three different cities, Bangkok as the capital, Chiang Mai as a major city in the north, and Nakhon Phanom in the northeast, representing a secondary province in Thailand. The study eventually revealed five findings, namely social and cultural changes brought about by technological development, self-identity of Thai digital natives, their perspectives on necessary skills, attitudes on moral principles, hopes, fears, and dreams. 
The findings of this study were submitted to relevant Thai authorities in the public and educational sector for consideration and practical application. In today's episode, Unlock the Science would focus specifically on a matter related to one of the research findings, which is the education of Thai digital natives and necessary skills for them. According to the study, daily use of technology has helped Thai digital natives cultivate new skills such as ability to use different computers, multitasking, and language proficiency, which they can then apply in learning. Working and everyday life. However, it was noted that prevalent presence and daily usage of technology have simultaneously led to changes in learning styles, different educational experience, and demands among digital natives, as opposed to older generations. Unlock the science reporter Hao Wangmang talks to Bun Choi Sapmon Chai to find out about how well the current education meets the needs of our future workforce and what should be changed to maximize their learning outcomes. Bun Choi is a lecturer at Department of Electrical Engineering, Faculty of Engineering, Jalalongkorn University. He is also part of Intania's strategic platform for engineering education development, a team of academics who are trying to develop a learner-centric curriculum and teaching approach to better suit young students' needs. What are some fundamental differences between digital natives and older generations when it comes to their education needs? Uh, okay, uh, this is good. Uh, very good questions. In the older generations, you know, when you have a teacher going on uh, to the blackboard and start with from uh, one topic to the one topic, uh, I call this a linear education. So basically, you jump from uh, the lowest level or the fundamental and go up and build the house on top of that. But uh, with uh, new generations like uh, digital natives, uh, we cannot do that now because uh, the new generations uh, they also have their own time management. So basically, they will decide what to do, when to do, and of course, the biggest question: why to do it. And uh, so, before we start, what uh, we teach them is very important: is that uh, we have to point out uh, that what is important or matter to their life or the, to their career path, so that we can uh, make. Uh, Interest or uh, inspiration for them or motive to that, and of course, when 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 you can do that, then uh, the the learning will be uh, quite effective. Okay, uh, the uh, you can say that the uh, paradigm shift uh, is already started from the old ways, which is the teacher centric or content uh, cent centric into the what we call the student centric. And of course, the teacher have to adapt uh, themselves uh, instead of you know just teaching some things uh, to become more like a mentor, where you uh, guide them uh, or point them to the right direction. If they go wrong, then give them the advice or suggestion so that they can uh, go on. How well do you think the current education system in Thailand meets the learning needs of young people? Well, it's a <laughs> it's a difficult questions to answer, uh, but from uh, our level or at the universities, of course, we uh, we were aware of these coming situations that uh, you know we require uh, outchange you know to to cope with all these uh, 
difficulties. And of course, we try to uh, catch up with uh, these situations. So uh, we uh, have introduced and made changes to our curriculums and the way we teach that. Uh, for example, uh, we change from what we call the content-based education uh, that I mentioned before, you know, everything was done in my topics and from point A to point B to, be, uh, to become uh, what we call the outcome-based educations uh, where uh, we uh, judge the student by how they cope with all uh, situations, uh, especially the their life situations. And of course, to do this, we have to make the students uh, understanding better. And so we have to integrate what we call the active learning uh, techniques into teaching. And uh, now uh, I think it's a step further that we call the blended learning. So uh, it's include everything in there, you know, the active learning, the video learning, the self uh, learning, uh, lifelong learning, okay, in there and uh, include a lot of techniques that uh, will make a student understand that. Okay, uh, on the lower level than the universities, uh, I think that there's also gradually change uh, and mostly uh, are still content-based uh, education, but uh, I guess the first step is uh, need to aware of these situations and uh, accept that, that uh, you know, uh, changes are needed to, uh, you know, to fulfill the student needs, right? Okay, and one important point that we found out is that, uh, you know, uh, we must also try to uh, deviate from the old way of assessment. Of course, in the content-based system, you see a lot of uh, writing examinations, for example, like the paper, the quiz, the homeworks, and, you know, uh, with the uh, new generation, they usually could not tolerate that. <laughs> they want the results. Okay, so... Uh, we have also made to make the transform from what we call the memory-based exam into uh, what I say that uh, application-based exam, you know, to see that uh, uh, whether the students can cope with the problems in uh, more like in the real situation or exam. So this is also a challenge, you know, not just want to incorporate uh, the new uh, outcome-based education, but also the mindset has to be uh, different, of course. What should schools and universities do to better prepare themselves so that they can offer the learning content demanded by digital natives? Okay, uh, like I said before, uh, the I, I guess the, uh, the, the role of schools, universities, and also teachers, they are, it, it's changing, like I said before. Now you, you are teachers, right? You, you go to the backboard, you write everything down, you know, and uh, give them the knowledge. Now it's not anymore. So the roles become like a facilitators, you know, uh, more like a, a mentor, you know, where you can lead them to the right directions, give them, uh, you know, uh, suggestions uh, when they need something like that. Uh, and also, uh, the pace that they can go by themselves that, you know, it's a uh, student centric. Well, in, in some sense, uh, you have to look at the student like a customers. So if they're satisfied then they learn something. Yeah. So uh, I guess for universities, you have to prepare the uh, uh, environment or ecosystem, you know, for the student to be ready. And of course, uh, and be ready at all time, 
you know, when 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 they need it, it should be there. For example, uh, like video content, right? And also uh, mention that uh, we have to find a way to measure uh, their understanding or grabs of the topics that they can. And of course, uh, you have to stay away from the paper-based exam, and that is one hard questions as well. Dr. Nun of the Digital Economy Promotion Agency noted that the kind of interaction digital natives are having at the moment is rather different from the one that people in previous generations have due to the existence of internet, mobile technology, and social media. Since not everyone is digital native, Gen Y and Gen Z should be aware of the difference in their and older generations' communication and behaviors so that they can effectively stay connected with those around them. Regarding the education of digital natives at the present, as well as in the future, as their learning expands beyond the physical classroom, adjustments in the curriculum in support of their new learning behaviors and demands would be essential if countries are to produce a workforce that could stay relevant in the 4.0 era. Alok the Science would like to thank Dr. Non Akaraprasagun of the Digital Economy Promotion Agency and Bun Choi Sapmonchai of Department of Electrical Engineering, Faculty of Engineering, Jolalongon University. I hope you enjoy our program. You can listen to Unlock the Science on Jula Radio Plus at FM 101.5 every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. You can also listen and follow us on our website, curadio.chula.ac.th, and our Facebook page. Our show is also accessible as podcasts, including on Apple and Spotify. See you again next Saturday. Have a nice day. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsorawood. <laughs>